Hello, and welcome to the Real Estate Investors Lounge. Join us as we cover a multitude of real estate-related topics with some of the brightest and most experienced minds in the industry. Our goal with The Real Podcast is to provide information, strategies, and insight on how to navigate the current and upcoming Canadian market. We use the experiences, knowledge, and the expertise of our guests and professionals in the field and offer it all back to you, the listener. We hope you enjoy the show. Be sure to check out our website at www.reilounge.ca. We're your hosts, Brian Fitzgerald, Erica Spencer, and Jay Shaw. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Real Estate Investors Lounge. My name is Brian Fitzgerald, and I'm here with Jay Shaw. Erica Spencer is on assignment again, but uh, she'll be joining us periodically here and there. Uh, Today on the episode, we are sitting down with a new investor, aggressive investor, Dave Cockett. He is an investor in the Niagara area. And uh, before I steal too much of his thunder, we'll uh, get Dave on the line. And uh, Dave, how are you? Excellent, thank you. Good, good. Uh, do you mind I, telling? I, Sorry, I, I was just going to correct you. I'm not in this uh, on my own. Uh, Marianne uh, Beatty, my wife, that's uh, right, is unable to join us, but uh, together we're uh, we make a, a powerful tandem. Excellent, excellent. The power couple. That's what we like to see. Indeed. So, Dave, why don't we just kick it off? Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what made you want to get in this crazy game of real estate investing. Uh, that's a big question, but a bit about me. Um, pretty much uh, grew up in Toronto, studied architecture at Ryerson, and uh, I guess one of the first interviews I had uh, was an architectural firm. They asked me to uh, uh, print something because they wanted to uh, hire me on the premise of my ability to print. At that point, I pretty much stood up and uh, walked out and determined never to work for an architect again. I mean, and I've been in construction ever since, uh, predominantly as a project manager with uh, numerous companies, uh, many of which AAA companies, I've always made it a point to do so because uh, it was always easier to get the job done if you've got the the power of a large corporation behind you. So I was with uh, the likes of uh, Mark Burr Properties, which was the real estate arm of the Hudson's Bay Company, uh, Menke's Developments, Bramley, Burks. TD Bank, Colliers, and PCL. Uh, seems so like small a companies lot. you worked with, Dave, yeah. right? Yeah. No one's pretty, ever heard of these small companies. companies. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the resume. Um, I was predominantly a three-year man um, because I felt that was a way to get more experience and uh, move around, and it just kept me invigorated. I did spend uh, nine years at TD Bank because they kept uh, – it was at the time uh, the markets weren't doing so well, and uh, uh, they kept giving me some really challenging projects, so that kept me enthused. And uh, my last job at PCL, I was there for seven years because I, I just really enjoyed the uh, the dynamics of working with PCL. That's impressive. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a, a lot of time in the uh, with big industry, big corporations. Uh, I mean, what... Why, why the sudden turn into into real estate? Well, I I, I crossed many different disciplines. Uh, you know, working with the end users, with the likes of Burks and uh, the uh, Marker Properties, and then I uh, went over to Colliers, and uh, with Colliers, I was sort of on the consulting side, and then worked with a, a couple of people that were sort of companies that were the implementation, whether it be Bramley or PCL. So I, I got uh, perspective of many different sides of, of the real estate business. And um, that's, it's, I've, it's served me well doing so. So in all that time, Dave, like, like you mentioned, like you kind of overlapped in different areas, um, you know, of real estate investing in terms of, you know, developers, uh, you know, big property managers, uh, you know, even in your, your career in finance, what, uh, out of all that time, you waited until, you know, just a few short years ago to get involved in real estate investing. Why, like, what made you turn that switch? 
Well, it's interesting because I, I have always had the bug. When I was in my 20s, I got together with a real estate agent and another friend of mine, and we were going to put a company together and invest in properties and uh, look to uh, uh, flip them in Toronto. And at the time, you could have bought a nice little place in Leaside for about $120,000. Um, that was then, last year, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> last year. Those places are now $1.5, $1.7 million. Um, then again, about 18 years ago, our daughter went to McMaster and we looked at some of the uh, uh, places that she was looking to rent and we thought, well, we should maybe just buy a place. And of course, uh, not having a, a, the, the true skill set or a team around you to do so, um, that idea quickly faded. But uh, in hindsight, wouldn't it have been a marvelous move 18 years ago to buy mm -hmm. a couple of places in Hamilton? And then um, as recently as uh, a year and a half ago, I was sitting idly at home because I was retired at the time and I saw a show on Rogers Cable and they were doing a, a piece on uh, Rockstar Real Estate. And I thought to myself, well, that seems kind of intriguing and it sort of got the juices of real estate going in me again and I made mention of it to Marianne that night. And we determined that we would go to the next rock star event, and the rest is history. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. right now, um, where are you doing your investing? Well, we're solely in uh, St. Catharines and the North End. I, I say solely. We are also two. Uh, we've got a couple of units with Graybrook, who, would, we again, we were introduced to Graybrook by... Um, Rockstar Real Estate, and it was uh, a way of diversifying our uh, real estate portfolio. Um, we've got the passive side, which is uh, with Graybrook, and then the more active side, owning and renting our own places in St. Catharines. So Dave, I mean, you talked to, uh, about a couple of different cities, right? I mean, obviously, way back when you were looking at Toronto and then when your daughter was uh, was going to university in Hamilton uh, why Niagara what made you make the move uh, you know further down the QEW because I mean uh, you live in Toronto uh, in the Toronto area Toronto to St. Catharines is not exactly a quick trip what made you make that move uh, further down the QEW well I mean we were introduced to St. Catharines we hadn't made the, the decision yet to to invest in St. Catharines solely but uh, doing a couple of street smart tours in St. Catharines and got to know the community uh, a little bit better. Uh, I like the story of the GO train coming in uh, a number of years. It's a bit of a bedroom community for Toronto. It's still uh, close proximity if you choose your hours wisely to be on the QEW to Toronto. Uh, I'm, it was affordable, certainly more affordable than Hamilton. And uh, it was quite a mature uh, community in as much that the homes were good, solid uh, bungalows that uh, had been around for some 30, 40 years that interested us. And uh, there was a brand new hospital uh, built by PCL. There's a lot of health care happening uh, in this community. And I think there's a new uh, 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 plant built just outside of Welland, uh, which I think could feed uh, some um, jobs for the benefit of St. Catherine's people. Uh, there's the winery, there's the proximity to the border. It's still part of the Niagara uh, Golden Horseshoe. And uh, yeah, it's it's got a lot of good things going for it. So when you put Niagara head-to-head -head with, uh, with uh, a community like Hamilton, which has seen significant growth, um, when you put them together, like side-by-side, side, what were you finding, like in terms of bang for your buck? Um, like were I you finding you were getting a better deal in St. Catharines or in Niagara? Is that why you were looking there? I mean, you talked a lot well, about the external factors. Most certainly you're getting a, a bigger bang for your buck. Uh, you're probably more limited in the potential renters that you have available to you uh, because I think there's a lot more business happening in Hamilton. Um, 
I, I'm not a big fan of Hamilton simply because I keep getting lost every time I go to that city <laughs> with all their one-way streets. So. Don't, you, don't you live in Toronto? Isn't Toronto a much bigger city to get lost in? Well, no, I know Toronto really well. <laughs> <laughs> it's those one-way streets in, in Hamilton that really get me. I think that's the first Anyhow. time we've ever heard an investor say that. I will not invest in the city <laughs> because I get lost in it. Yeah. It's funny, actually, because I'm, I'm from St. Catharines originally, and the downtown core used to be one-way streets. And for me now that they've made them two-way streets, I, I come up to an intersection and I'm confused. I'm like, I, I don't know if I can go through here anymore because I've grown up going the one way, and now it's a two-way, and then you could turn left here for some reason. So um, it's really interesting, though, because um, a lot of in- investors we speak with, sometimes it's just affordability that they're looking for, you know, vacancy rates. But you listed a whole list of external factors that uh, I think you're you're hitting the nail right on the head when it comes to what's going to be coming down the chute for St. Catharines in the Niagara area. I mean, uh, having grown up there, uh, seeing the, the house prices they are now, uh, you know, in, in the high threes, fours, even fives, when I grew up and was going to high school, 400s was in like one area of St. Catharines. <laughs> and that's where the rich yeah. kids lived. And now it's everywhere. I mean, those other areas are even more expensive now. But um, having seen it basically my whole life just change, it's, uh, it's, it's quite remarkable. But at the same time, it's kind of comforting to see St. Catharines after lost GM, how it's kind of almost bouncing back from uh, different external factors. So uh, that, that's pretty awesome that you pointed that out and that you kind of take that into consideration when you're making your moves. I think St. Catharines has pretty much been a lost community for many years, and I think it's got nowhere to go but up. Uh, you made mention of the downtown. The downtown really has a lot of, uh, it, it needs some more improvements downtown. It doesn't attract a lot of people from my perspective, from what I've witnessed. And there's still some rundown areas along Ontario Street that, uh, you know, there's lots of potential, and I think uh, I would uh, highlight potential. Um, and I, I think the fact that some of these places haven't realized their potential now has been built into the economy already, and that's why I say it's got nowhere to go but up. Um, okay, so I mean, Dave, you talked a little bit about uh, you know um, some of the uh, some of the areas that you're investing in St. Catharines. What type of properties are you looking for when you're when you're going out to look? Are you looking? Are you a single family home investor? You know, are you looking at student rentals or is that kind of, you know, kind of something you don't want to touch or get into? Or like, are you looking at, you know, uh, rent well, to own? Like, wh- like, what's your investment model that you and Marianne uh, uh, look for when you're looking at properties? Well, when we embarked on this uh, adventure, uh, we tried to put together a plan uh, talking about location and we've discussed that and financing. We can go into that later. Uh, the design, the procurement. Uh, the investment strategy, um, property management. Uh, who, so we we determined that a legal duplex was the route to go. Um, we always like to do things first class. I think uh, I think uh, putting money into a property is always a good investment, and uh, we we have to be cognizant that we don't price ourselves out of the market, but we certainly. Put crosshairs on the notion that we want to be at the top of the market, and that takes money to do so. Um, so, we determined that uh, the north end of St. Catharines was where we wanted to invest because that's where most of the single-family homes of uh, good quality, of brick, large yards, uh, high ceilings—they uh, were just really sound properties that were built probably back in the 70s, 60s, and 70s. Um, that needed some work to them, and we were prepared to put that work into them. And uh, I, I did all the design work myself, um, and I'm pretty proud of some of the results that I've uh, realized as a result of doing so. But yeah, legal duplexes, working with the city of St. Catharines in order to, to uh, secure the, the legal part of that, uh, that's been a bit of a challenge, but, uh, you know, there's... Uh, Nothing comes easily, all the time. Yeah, no, I think that's a good goal to, to shoot for when you're referring to, you know, creating a nice product. I mean, I've always found that the nicer the place is, typically the nicer the tenant you're going to find. And 
And then along with that, absolutely, there's some premiums you can charge for that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't like to think of it as a premium, but we are we are trying to and achieving the top dollar that uh, this community can uh, can support. Um, and the product we're putting out there, by virtue of what we put into it, virtually sells itself. I mean, there's nobody that's come into any one of our places and suggested, well, you're lacking this or I don't like that. They all come in and they just say, it's wonderful. I'd love to be able to afford it. Well, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah, just remove any doubt or concern for them and it just makes your life easier. And it, it makes it difficult. You have to be patient rather than it's not difficult you have to be patient to find the right tenant mix and uh they're out there yeah um and they're pretty discerning themselves and that's great because that's what we want we want someone that uh, will treat our properties much like their own and uh to a large degree we've been successful in doing just that so dave um you talked about a bit about uh you know your properties and showing them those types of things. What's the what's the demand like for local rentals in St. Catharines? I mean, is the rental market strong? Is there is there you know a big pool of tenants? Is there too many properties? What does that look like in St. Catharines? Well, there's certainly been quite a number of properties thanks to Rockstar that are available for rent. But uh, here again, we like to think that we're not necessarily competing with most of them because the product we're putting out there is significantly different. There's a I think there is a lot of demand for rental accommodation, um, but a lot of the people that we're seeing are being, um, I, I guess they want to see what uh, a piece of property that uh, we're asking top dollar for really looks like because they love it and they say they'll get back to you, but they don't really. And you can really get a sense of that right away. What it has done for me is it's afforded me an opportunity to see a whole different side of uh, humanity because I've seen a tremendous cross-section of different people and different stories and some of them hardship stories and uh, there was one case where we we tried to help them out even further because you know here was a really nice individual that had fallen on hard times and we we tried to make some concessions but uh, it just didn't work out for us Um, so um, you know, we're not hard and fast on our numbers. Uh, we'd like to help people if and when we can. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a vibrant market. I'm showing uh, a place uh, this afternoon to an individual who uh, sounds great. Uh, and again, I'm showing another place tomorrow afternoon. It seems that a lot of the people that we're showing to are coming back to St. Catharines, whether it be from Alberta or BC. There seems to be a, a lot of movement back to St. Catharines from uh, people that have been born and, and raised here and then migrated elsewhere for whatever reason. Yeah, and I think you identified that as, as one of the reasons why you and Marianne had looked at investing in St. Catharines is that you know the external factors, the building of the go, you know, the uh, strong labor market, you know, the, you know, uh, infrastructure going in, in terms of the GE plant that's being built in uh, just outside of Welland, you know, you've got Chrysler out there, you've got uh, GM out there. I mean, you've got, you know, those jobs that had previously migrated to the West seem to be coming back into Ontario, which tends to, uh, you know, demonstrate a stronger manufacturing base. So, you know, I think that's one of the things where, you know, you guys did that right, where a lot of people, you know, investors starting out, they just look at affordability and they're like, I'm going to go invest here because it's $50,000 cheaper than this city where you guys did that. You did the homework, you did the heavy lifting, you looked at the external market and really were able to identify, hey, this is this is an area we want to invest in. There was another aspect I made mention of the new hospital here uh, that has, has been uh, created some activity in the rental accommodation, but there's a a whole support group of healthcare professionals in St. Catharines because St. Catharines is quite a mature community. A lot of people come to St. Catharines to retire. Is that your way of uh, saying there's a lot of old people that live there? Well, that's why I feel comfortable <laughs> here myself. 
I got my parents are getting older. They're there still. <laughs> no, I, I think actually um, St. Catharines at one point when I was in school was uh, not only the donut capital in the world of the world for uh, donut shops per capita, but donuts. I think it, oh yeah, my goodness. was then. I don't know if it is now. And uh, it was also pretty high uh, as a retirement community in general. Um, yeah. Especially uh, there's a few uh, places in the north end and. You see them popping up at uh, no. It's a, I think I've always thought it's a good, wholesome, good, like a good-hearted community. Um, and I mean, my wife and I are also kind of looking at moving back there in the next little bit. So maybe something about St. Catherine just keeps pulling you back. Dave might have a place for you. <laughs> well, I prefer. He's to got be- two vacancies. <laughs> he's been telling us about. <laughs> Actually, uh, Dave, while we have you on the topic of vacancies, is there something I know you touched on? You know, the seeing the different sides of humanity when it comes to uh, tenant screening, but is there is there anything um, in regards to tenant screening or certain things you look for? Obviously, you know if you've got a you know a professional with good income, and you know sometimes I have those at, at my properties, and it kind of makes you wonder why they're looking to rent when you think they could probably afford to buy. But is there certain criteria that you look for when you're doing your screening? You know what? It's it's a large part of it is just a gut feeling. I. Uh... I think that through my many years in business and dealing with people, I, I can read people pretty succinctly. Um, so there's that aspect of it, um, and that's served as well thus far. Um, we, we also engage the services of a, of a company called Neighborly. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah, yeah, I've been using them a little uh, while now. It's. Um, Pretty, pretty good in, in terms of flushing out uh, the stories that we might have been told by others and uh, determining if indeed it's true. So um, that that's served as well. But uh, yeah, it's gut feeling more than anything. And, yeah. and in the stories, a, a lot of the people you talk about people being able to afford something more and how long are they going to stay. I've witnessed a lot of people who are looking for a place because they've just had a marriage breakup or something and uh, that's kind of sad but i think many of us have been there both my wife marianne and i have we're in our second relationship um so that's that's not to suggest that the, the person's any less of a, a viable tenant for one of our units it's just that they may jump back on their feet quicker than you might want to you might not see them after the first year, but uh, yeah, that's uh, we found yeah. that in a bunch of our properties as well. Some of our tenants, I mean, actually, one of our very first tenants uh, was going through a, a marriage breakup, and uh, he, it's a house that we have in Hamilton, and he's been there for five years now. So, I mean, uh, I think part Perfect. of it is, and he's per- he's perfectly uh, capable of affording another mortgage, but uh, you know, I mean, people rent for different reasons, right? Yep. You know, it's not necessarily. I mean, some people just don't want the headaches of the maintenance right where it's like they would rather have the flexibility to take that additional money and do whatever they want with it right so i mean i go ahead no that's that's all i was gonna say i was just gonna say that uh, i'm upselling my uh my abilities too is when i feel that it's most appropriate if someone obviously is going to be in one of our facilities for a shorter period of time than we'd like and uh, we struck a relationship and they they love what we've done to the house they love that we're hands-on that we've done the design we do the construction uh, we do the property management and they just say it's it's admirable that you're able to do all that and then i i swing the conversation over and i say well in the event you should ever move perhaps we can do something like a, a rent to own or i can help you search out a, a property that might best suits your needs and uh, uh, maybe I could uh, help you by renovating it or something of that nature so it, you know I, I know in a lot of the cases where I in my business life you you try to create clients for life and I think the same thing could hold true here for some of our renters because we are we do have a really good relationship with all the renters that we have and uh, I'd like to help them move forward with any of their real estate decisions as well Oh, that's great. That is awesome. That is really nice. Dave, can we just take a quick break? We lost Erica, which is why she's so quiet and hasn't asked any questions. So we're going to patch Perfect. her back in. Just give us two seconds. Okay. 
like a commercial break. <laughs> yeah. And uh, who would this commercial be brought to you by? That is a uh, Eight eight eight. My property. There you go. <laughs> is there a website, Dave? What's that? Is there a website? It actually, uh, we had talked about doing a website, but no. <laughs> okay, hold on one sec, Dave. Hey. Hey. All right, we're we're, we're gonna merging. merge calls here. Hang tight. Okay, I'm just gonna... And welcome to the program. Our co-host Erica Spencer has joined us on assignment. Erica, welcome to the podcast. You're 24 minutes late. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Dave, can you still hear us? Yes, indeed. And you can hear Erica. You can say no. Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> Erica can hear herself. We're good. <clears throat> Awesome. Uh, so we'll just we'll pick up where we left off, and uh, Eric and I can chime in. Um, so Dave, obviously we've touched upon you know uh, what you're doing, what you're investing in, um, but uh, one thing a lot of people like to know, especially when you get started, is uh, how did you finance your first deal? Well, um, we have a house in uh, Toronto that uh, was mortgage free. And we ended up taking a line of credit on the house. Marianne has lived in the house for some 35 years, so you can appreciate it's gone up in value a little bit. A little bit, yeah. So Just a bit. We, we used the line of credit to a large degree. And also, too, we're heavily invested through our RSPs in the equities market, and probably more so than we'd like to be. Too much exposure in the equities. So we're using the real estate to investments as a way and means of diversification and uh, what we're doing is uh, a lot of the renovations we're financing by my taking money out of my rsp um, i retired about two years ago and i just turned 65 and in taking money out of my rsp that uh, mitigates that money from being exposed to having to uh, introduce it to a rift as uh, the years go on and despite the fact having taken quite a chunk of money out in the past year, uh, we just got the uh, income tax uh, returns filled out, and I'm getting a, a sizable chunk of money back as a result of, uh, you know, some uh, uh, decisions that we've made. So it, it's worked well in that regard. I, I, I hear you not, not everybody has the advantage of, of that scenario. You must have a really good accountant, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, well, Marianne's pretty good at what she does. Uh, I don't know if I may mention Marianne's a, a chief financial officer for a not-for-profit organization that helps people that are in financial distress. Uh, not a trustee in uh, bankruptcy, but uh, one of the legitimate ones that works closely nice. with the bank. Now I know what you mean by power couple between the two of you and your <laughs> resumes. That's that's pretty pretty awesome. So, Dave, talk about the division of roles. I mean, you've talked a little bit about your business and and how you've structured that, but talk a little bit about kind of, you know, the roles of both you and Marianne and really kind of what you do. And, and uh, I mean, in our business with Eric and I, uh, I just do what Erica tells me to do, and it, it goes very smoothly that way. So, I mean, how do you guys kind of divide up, uh, you know, from from the acquisition to kind of, uh, you know, the closing to the renovation and then to the tenant sourcing. How does that all work? Well, we're, we're pretty much attached at the hip when it comes to making a, a real estate decision on, on a home to purchase. Uh, she likes to look at things that I don't necessarily pay attention to and vice versa. I'm, I'm looking for way and means of uh, achieving what the city of St. Catharines is looking for in terms of egress, windows, sight lines, and then she's looking for uh, the backyard, she's looking for the street presence and, and what have you. And uh, most of the decisions out even beyond that are, are made together. I'll, I'll do a preliminary design of what I think the layout should look like and uh, we'll sit down together and we'll review it and I'll get the woman's insight into that make the appropriate changes and I'll, I'll put it down for a week and then I'll pick it up again and we'll look at it again and we'll make some more changes. Um, when it comes to the actual implementation, I'm probably at Home Depot or Rona or elsewhere two or three times a day. So um, 
Home Depot allows you to send a receipt by email directly, but I usually go home and I have two or three receipts with me and I just mark on the receipt what the property it's for and what. Oh, we lost both of them. Oh boy. Yeah. Stand by everybody. <laughs> this, this is a, what editing's for. This is a great uh, episode, Brian. I've got five bars here. Would Erica lack a reception? I'm we, not really sure. Yeah, just We yeah. lost both of you all at the same time. We've got full bars over here. I'm not sure how many you got over there. We'll uh, hang tight. We'll just so try. You try. probably missed the best parts. <laughs> Go back about 30 seconds and pause while we try and get Erica back. <laughs> Rewind your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hold on. We're gonna try and get her back here. You were we lo- we had you up until the receipts. Yes. Oh, on, on the receipts. Okay. Yeah, hold okay. on. We're just Hang. gonna get Erica. Give us a second. Hi. What happened? I don't know. What he did said you do? We're merging. Call. All okay. Right, Everybody's think, back. All good. If you're not here, say hi. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so take it from the receipts, Dave. <clears throat> So Marianne will take all the receipts and then she'll input them into a, a very uh, vibrant spreadsheet that she's created for each of the properties, uh, both for the benefit of tracking uh, costs, but also too for uh, appropriating the costs for the benefit of uh, income tax returns and the like. Um, then when it comes to making decisions on finished materials, uh, that's where Marianne likes to step forward. and. Uh, Again, introduce the woman's touch. Um, we have four properties that we purchased within a very short time frame, and uh, each one of them looks exactly like the other one. And it allows us, as we're building them, to move excess materials from the property we've just finished to the next property. And uh, in purchasing those materials, uh, I'm uh, buying them all on sale. So uh, I buy in bulk whenever it's. Uh, appropriate um and then when it comes to the um the uh filling the facilities with uh renters i'll do the initial screening then we'll go home and uh, we'll get the neighborly report and we'll review it together and we'll have a discussion on that um but it's it's uh all decisions are made uh not unilaterally but uh you know um, we'll, we'll make them together. So it's, it's, it's a powerful union in that regard. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, probably solidified our relationship in doing so. I like the idea of uh, the way you said you, you make your properties kind of all look similar and, and same materials. I mean, you, you, you've created a system there. I don't know. Obviously, you probably realize you have. But uh, I think that's a, a big factor when you're trying to grow something is creating a system as, as efficient as that. And then you know what's happening, what's going on, what paint colors, and it makes decisions a whole lot easier. And of course, yeah, I think that's a, a function of part of what I witnessed in, in much of my career. Um, the palette we've chosen for all the properties is, is a nice backdrop for whatever colors the tenant wishes to introduce to the properties. Awesome. Uh, Seem to be a regular, Dave, at Home Depot. Pardon me? I said, you seem to be a regular at Home Depot. Indeed, I am. We probably crossed paths a few times. Do you ever feel like that episode on Cheers when Norm walks in and it's like, good afternoon, everybody? And everybody says, Dave. Well, they all know me at Home Depot. That was not rehearsed. That is not rehearsed. That was not rehearsed. (laughs) But uh, Home Depot by proximity, uh, Lowe's have uh, some great sales, and I'm into Lowe's up on... uh, off of uh, Casablanca, I think it is, in Hamilton, and I'm online with Lowe's. They have a great online site. Rona, I've recently uh, purchased all my drywall materials from Rona, uh, free delivery, which was great. Um, so, and Do these companies I, all pay you to make these? Uh, say, otherwise, we're going to make a whole lot of money <laughs> off this episode. <laughs> <We're good>. so, <laughs> oh, that's awesome! All right, let me ask. Let me ask you a serious question, Dave. Like, I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, not that all the other ones weren't serious, but I mean, you had mentioned that you bought uh, an, uh, a few properties, or, you know, uh, sequentially and rather quickly, one after another. Did you ever think, what if this goes sideways? Because you were buying at a time when 
the market was hot, um, you know, you were in competition. Did you ever, did you and Marianne ever think, what if this doesn't work out? What if the market goes sideways? Did that thought ever cross your mind? Well, you know what? Um, we went into this with a, a, with a plan and um, everything did go sideways, as you well know, or soon after we purchased and the government felt a need to move in and make some changes to the real estate sector in order to uh, throw some cold water on it. Uh, interest rates have gone up a little bit marginally. I, I don't think we'll see a large swing in interest rates in the foreseeable future, but uh, you know, you always have that on the horizon. But we, um, we don't ever feel it's not going to work out. We just know it's not been the home run that you might want I mean, when we purchased the properties in St. Catharines the previous year, the uh, the uh, properties had gone up 26% in value. Well, at this time, I dare say that the property rates are pretty much where they were when we purchased, which is not a bad thing because the equities market, which we tried to diversify ourselves away from, have gone down 4% in value. So, you know... To look at the, the bright side, we've uh, we've increased our portfolio by uh, the differential between what we've done with uh, uh, our money out of the equities into St. Catharines. And I think you recognize that, I mean, real estate's not a get-rich-quick scheme, right? I mean, you're building, I think you hit the nail on the head, you're building wealth a different way, right? You're just, you're you're moving, you know, asset classes around from one, you know, one type of uh, investment, whether it be a mutual fund or an equity uh, investment to more of a, you know, more of a stable, right? You know, slow growth yeah. uh, over time, right? I think everyone recognizes 26% in a year is not sustainable, right? And I think, uh, you know, at some point, like you said, government intervention came in, cooled the market a bit, but I mean, we're still seeing a strong, uh, you know, market in the Niagara region. And as much as I love uh, uh, Doug Ford, I don't like what he was saying about what he was uh proposing to do with the green belt but uh, here again i don't think that he's looking necessarily at the niagara region to make any changes to the green belt he's specifically looking at the gta area um but that may well come to into play but i it's not going to affect what we're doing here in st Catharines. no but, but there are other- i think you're right though i think that's i i, I can't see how that won't be a potential factor down the road you know, when you see yep. how the, the the sprawl is continually just filling up all the little gaps inside the green belt and what they're going to do, you know, a little bit of rezoning, a couple maybe decisions that benefit some other people, and then all of a sudden spots start opening up. I hope not. Just like you, I hope not. But uh, apparently... I think the reality is we're moving more towards a, a European model where most people uh, can't afford to own their own property, and most people are renting. Mm-hmm. And... That's going to be the new norm, I think, on a go-forward basis for yep. the uh, Golden Horseshoe area. Yep, and I think you'll see a lot more, uh, maybe a little more density too, with maybe multi-family buildings like, um, you know, three, four, five, six plexes, and just basically get them in where they can. Yep, we we went into this with a ten-year plan, and uh, when you have a ten-year horizon, you can afford to see yourself through the. Uh, the changes in uh, government and, and what have you uh, that we've experienced and uh, you just look beyond that and uh, you know it still looks rosy good i know our co-host is uh, chomping at the bit to ask a question dave so uh you know i'll maybe we'll ask her we'll let her play yeah if she's still there <laughs> is that me <laughs> now i'm <laughs> finally in the service area where i can speak so, Dave, what has the last year taught you? What has the last year taught me? Yes, share your, your words of wisdom and lessons that you've, the biggest lesson that you've learned, I guess. I'm sure, I know you've learned a lot this year, and um, yeah, you've had lots of interesting experiences. Well, I mean, I learned, I have learned everything every year that I've been in my career. I, I ask, a, I've made a point of asking a lot of stupid questions of a lot of bright people, and in doing so, I'm always on that learning curve. So what have I learned this year? I've learned a lot of things about uh, residential construction through uh, different tradesmen. Um, I've learned a bit about uh, 
I guess, the municipality and, and their concerns about what's happening to their community and how they're dealing with it. Um, I, I, I've learned that uh, some of my lessons learned in my career have served me well here. I, I make a point of treating people fairly and, and communicating with them openly. And as such, I'm getting that back in, in return from all the tradesmen and the like. I, I think they appreciate working with me. Um, I take a really proactive stance in the, the implementation of the construction, uh, acting as my own project manager and construction manager. Uh, I pay a lot of attention to detail, um, and I think the tradesmen um, appreciate that, although they do get a little frustrated because usually they go into a site and they'll just do their thing without any regard for what the finished product is is going to look like or how it's to perform um, because a lot of times you'll find trades will impose all sorts of uh, impediments toward the next trade coming on board well i think my experience allows me to mitigate that and as such able to put out a much better product um, here in st catharines they they've restricted the square footage to something in the order of 640 square feet well i'm able to to pretty much utilize every square foot of that to the benefit of the, the tenant and as such the places don't look like they're tiny because there are no really weird uh, nooks and crannies uh, and that all is a result of ensuring that working with the trades I, I mitigate the uh, need for bulkheads anywhere uh, which has a, a sort of an imposing effect on the uh, overall sense of the space but uh, yeah, I'm always learning. Always learning. So it sounds like you've yeah, done... Yeah, I think you touched on it. Oops. Sorry. Oh, this is my question. Don't I get to continue? All right, <laughs> fine this time. I, said, I was going to say, it sounds like um, you definitely have learned a lot, right? I feel that I share that with you for sure. I feel like whenever Jay and I have done anything, it's always been asking questions, whether you feel like they're dumb or not. Like, you always learn something from, from everyone kind of involved. But I think... Um, maybe a luxury that you've had with yours is that that you have that time to kind of be on site to manage those trades so that is often where things fall apart for people that are you know buying a property and having a nine to five job and they're you know they're hours away from the construction project and they might show up once a week or once a month and they're really not hands-on so i think that like you've had really good um success with that strategy being that you're there to kind of not micromanage, but kind of micromanage, right? I mean, be there and be kind of that, that point of contact. And I think it, meanwhile, it's, it's, some trades might be a little begrudgingly about it, but I think in the end, everyone realizes that having that control person definitely helps, right? So I, I agree with you for sure on that one. They all, they all appreciate the fact that I'm there for sure. Um, but, you know, there have been occasions where I've asked them to come back and change things because, you know, they put a wire right through where I, where I need to put my five-inch vent for my exhaust vent for the kitchen, but uh, or the, the washroom, uh, and they just don't—they don't think far enough ahead. They just want to get their job done and get the heck out of there. But uh, yeah, yeah I, for that, I, I it's a small piece. Yeah. I, I I hear what you're saying about other investors sort of taking a hands-off approach uh, through no fault of their own, but they have other areas in their life that are more demanding on, on their investments and. And that's, that's a difficult one because I wouldn't want to do this at any great length. I, it's just not part of my personality. I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak, but uh, that's only because I want to put out a really good product. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, that money that you're saving or that money that you're, you know, like if somebody that was in your position that, you know, didn't have that time, I mean, if it's going to cost them an extra 10% on the job or whatever that extra cost is to hire that GC, I think that that expenditure is worth the headaches and the heartache in the long run because then you have, if it's not themselves, like you, it's someone else is kind of in charge project managing, right? So, I mean, lots of mistakes that you mentioned happen and fixing those often is the same as having someone, having paid that extra to, you know, to have someone manage for them on their behalf. Yeah, unfortunately, what's happened is uh, I think Rockstar created a tremendous amount of activity in, in this sector, uh, whether it be St. Catharines or Hamilton. And uh, the municipalities are feeling the effect. The trades are feeling the effect. Uh, so I, I think that there's been a lot of demand on all these different disciplines. And as a result, some of the, the finer 
details get missed. And uh, I think the finished product doesn't suffer, but it, it could have been better. Mm -hmm. So seeing as you put all this effort and, and time and uh, money to these projects, it, it sounds like, you know, your, your long-term, say, 10-year plan would be to hold these properties or, you know, where, where do you and Marianne see yourself kind of in a 10-year plan? Well, the 10-year plan is most certainly to, to hold on to them, uh, whether it be for our benefit to uh, maybe flipping a couple of them in, or as we need the, the money, should we need the money, but uh, it would also be a legacy for our children. Um, and we, we might even consider moving to St. Catharines, uh, although don't, Marianne's not listening, she's, she's still a Toronto gal. Marianne's still working, of course. Uh, full time, but uh, so, yeah, I, I go ahead. No, I was gonna say, Dave. I mean, you and Marianne are kind of, you know, you're at a, you're at a different uh, stage of your career, right? Like, I mean, you're retired. Marianne is still working. Um, you know, your children are older professionals. What did they think uh, 12 months ago when you said, "Hey, we're gonna get into real estate investing and buy all these houses"? Like, what was, what did they think of all this? Did they think that you guys were crazy? Did they, well, were they supportive? Of course, neither one of them had a house of their own. And so I think their immediate reaction was, well, wait a second, how about us? <laughs> but uh, here we are a year and a half later, and they both now purchased uh, real estate properties for themselves. Uh, and we've helped them out in that regard uh, because both of them, one bought a, a small house in uh, by O'Connor um, paid an awful lot of money, like seven hundred thousand for a really teeny tiny place. And our other daughter just uh, closed the place yesterday uh, on a condo, one bedroom condo. It's five hundred thousand dollars. I couldn't believe it. Now, of course, I've I've uh, I cut my teeth in the condo market when I worked with Menke's Developments, and I, I got to saw from the get to see from the inside out how the whole condo uh, segment works. And uh, not a big fan, but uh, we'll leave that for another conversation. <laughs> so, Dave, um, obviously, with your properties, kind of some under renovation, but some tenanted and some trying to be filled. Um, being landlords, uh, like, what have you learned about? dealing with tenants in, in your, uh, I guess, your short experience, aggressive but short experience in the last little over a year? Well, I, I think here again, I, I all of the tenants really appreciate the fact that you are, uh, in as the owner, you are involved with every aspect of the project. And, uh, you know, they don't have to talk to an individual who has to go back to the owner and get a decision. And, we're it and uh, if a decision needs to be rendered i can do it here and now uh, so there's that aspect of it and, and and i know you're doing some uh basement conversions do you typically have your main floor filled while construction's going on underneath any issues well, with it's that interesting you should say that because we hadn't and the one thing i guess i i have learned uh, this past year is that we should have been probably more aggressive in marketing our properties before they were 100% complete. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I had a tenant move in this past weekend in one of our properties and uh, we're working in the basement on the secondary suite and we're right at the stage where we're going to start drywalling. And it's a lovely young couple She uh, and she works uh, night shifts so she's she's in bed asleep till 10 a.m. and I said to her you know we're gonna be noisy and she said that's not a problem I, I can sleep uh, so we'll see just how she can sleep with we'll all the activity. hopefully she's a heavy sleeper but one, one thing I, I have uh, witnessed and, and uh, appreciate is that having a number of properties sort of coming on board on, on a continual basis I'm able to market uh, one property by showing another property because I'm saying this is what we do and we're going to do the same thing in this property so I've, I've got people interested in properties that aren't going to be available for another month or two uh, they're just waiting to see you know what their uh, personal position is going to be like and maybe they'll be in a position to move in so people are waiting for us now that's great because they've, they've seen the product and uh, so marketing earlier is something I would have done differently, I think. 
Dave, what's been the biggest challenge that you and Mariana faced over the past uh, 12 months? I mean, you have these houses, uh, you know, they're all being renovated. What's been the biggest challenge you've faced in the last 12 months in terms of kind of getting to where you are today? This is this is one question I I put to myself, and I, I really don't have a response to it because, you know, there aren't there aren't any challenge that can't be overcome, and there's no challenge that's really been a hurdle to our overall um, strategy on on this uh, venture of ours. So, to suggest that we've had any challenges, uh, no, we we really haven't had any challenges that we couldn't overcome. And challenge is an awful strong word. You know, we've had blips here and there, and uh, we've had to make a lot of different decisions. So everything's been perfect. Great. How many stitches did you get? Oh, well, I've had a few stitches, of course. I've had three separate occasions in each, and I think I'm up to 18 stitches now. But that's just a function of my being just a crazy worker. When When I get a hammer in my hand, I just turn into a whole different persona. Now, does your company offer health insurance? (laughs) (laughs) I do do a lot of the work myself, and I I have the adage that the the best equity in a house is the sweat equity you put into it. And some blood, too, apparently. (laughs) And the blood, yeah. Yeah, They do say sweat, sweat, blood, and tears, Yeah, it's true. Were there tears or no? (laughs) Probably after the blood showed up. (laughs) Okay, so everything's been perfect, so that's great. So we'll take that as everything's been perfect on that question. Um, okay, so just mindful on time, Dave, we're just going to go to the fire round here, and we've got five or six questions here just before we close everything up, and I think uh, Brian and Eric and I could sit here you know, all afternoon and, and listen to you tell stories and, and about your journey, and I think that's fantastic. Um, so I think what we'll do, I'll kick it off to, to Eric, has got a couple questions here, and then Brian's got a few, and then I've got, uh, I think I get one, I'm not sure. Okay. Okay, okay so I'll ask you two of them together because you... Uh you can kind of mesh them so where do you see yourself in 12 months and where do you see the market in 12 months or maybe where do you see yourself in the market in 12 months and maybe i'll just be doing more of this um Time will tell. Where do I see the market in 12 months? I just see it chugging along. Uh, I don't think there are going to be any significant uh, blips in the market short of just moving forward at a steady growth. Now, maybe that, uh, maybe that's what I want, but that's also, too, what I see. Awesome. I got two for you, Dave. Uh, who do you learn from? Well, I think, as I... I might have mentioned earlier i've i've always made it a point in my career to just ask a lot of stupid questions of, of all the pros and uh, i learn from everybody i learn from all the trades uh, I, I, I know enough about each trade that i'm able to challenge them on most things but if i see something being done and i've not witnessed it before i'll ask them why they're doing it that way or um, so i i learn from everybody and I'm still on that learning curve, and I don't ever want to get off it. That's a good philosophy. Um, are you currently reading anything, or if uh, you're not into reading or a podcast, is there anything you're currently listening to right now? I, I'm not a big reader. Uh, the, the most reading I do is every week uh, we get a great big uh, stack of flyers, so I'm going through uh, Lowe's <laughs> and Canadian Tire, and I'll go through all those flyers. I don't think that counts, Dave. No, no, he and I do the same kind of reading, actually. (laughs) Reading with pictures. As for podcasts, uh, I was listening to some of the Rockstar podcasts as I drove in, but I I found the... uh, I just... um, I have to listen to the ones that are most appropriate for what we're doing, because I think what we're doing is a little different. We're straying off the beaten path of most real estate investors at uh, Rockstar. And uh, I don't like to be influenced by anyone else. I think we're doing a a really good job of what we're doing. And I think it's a a positive approach that we're taking. It's it's an approach, as we suggested earlier, that not a lot of people can take. It's just where we are in our life cycle that allows us to to be as proactive and taking the route we are. Awesome. 
So I, I get this question because I asked the last one. You mentioned last year, biggest challenges were nothing because everything was perfect. So let's let's try it a different way. If you could do one thing differently in the last year, uh, on yours and Marianne's journey, what would what would that be? One thing differently. Um, I don't like to admit it, but I think we might have spread out our purchases a little bit more to allow me the benefit to. Um, I guess uh, not have the stress of having to build out the, the number of places that I've had in such a short period of time. Um, I think in hindsight, um, having one under my belt would have been terrific. Then I could have done three quite quickly afterwards. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, I, I oh, think, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off there. Okay. Uh, I guess no one's going to talk. So. <laughs> oh, awkward silence. We'll edit that out. All right. Um, and then just last question. I think uh, I think this will be probably the one that everyone's interested in. Um, what advice would you give someone listening to this today, sitting on the fence uh, and just watching? What would you say to them um, to get them involved or to push them kind of off that fence? Well, I, I wish I'd uh, had this sage advice back when I was in my 20s looking to do something like this, but it's um, just do the Nike. Just do it. Uh, (laughs) Trust in your abilities and trust in your team. I think we were able to do it with the benefit of having a group of professionals uh, like yourself and and those at Rockstar and those that Rockstar introduced us to. Uh, which made it really quite easy for us to just take the plunge, uh, recognizing that uh, it can't be too deep and, uh, you know, the tide's not going to take us out into the middle of the ocean because we've got a good team around us. Awesome. I think based on the story you've told today, Eric and I figured out where all of our trades have been for the last uh, six to eight months. <laughs> well, you know what? I I treat them really well. I pay them promptly. Oh, 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 oh. And, oh God, he's slamming you. Oh, boy. Well, would you look at that? We're and, out of time. And you know what? If, if you pay them what they are uh, invoicing you for without any questions and, and knowing enough about construction that I do and paying them promptly, uh, it's probably going to cost you less in the long run because there are going to be those circumstances uh, two of which happened today, where I'm going to ask uh, some of my trades to do something that uh, other clients might not have because of uh, interference issues or whatever the case may be. And uh, they'll just do it, and they'll do it tomorrow. Well, they won't do it tomorrow. They'll do it when I ask them to do it. Yeah. No, that's a good philosophy, keeping, uh, keeping strength in your I think that's networking. the biggest thing that we learned, too, just with dealing with trades is that you see a lot of investors that when they get an invoice, they, they wait till the 29th, the 30th, even the 31st day to make that payment. But I think, uh, and you know, we've been uh, really big advocates of that is that you, know, you find good trades, you pay them promptly, you pay them what they're worth, uh, and they will work for you over and over again. Because I mean, they see, you know, investors like Dave Cockett and Marianne Beattie who are, you know, investors and they're buying and they're doing lots of renovations. They want it, they want on that job they know that they're going to be treated well, they're going to be paid well, and they're going to be paid promptly. So I mean, And they're going to have work. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to consistently have absolutely. work. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's, you know, that that's great. Awesome. Um, well, Dave, obviously talking with you today was pretty fantastic, but I can see that uh, your time is valuable. Um, he's so got a showing this he's afternoon. He's got a showing, yeah. Um, but we wanted to, on behalf of Jay and Eric and myself, really wanted to thank you for making the time to speak with us today. Um, I know I haven't had the chance to meet you in person, but I look forward to it hopefully in the future. And uh, I really do appreciate all the information and uh, the insight and your experiences that you shared with us today. And uh, the listener base, whenever that comes to fruition, I think uh, they're really going to enjoy a podcast like this one. So thank you very much for for everything today. Appreciate it. And I I want to thank Erica for making all this uh, possible. (laughs) Erica? For calling in today or for finding you all these houses that you have to do? Awesome. I don't think Marianne would thank me as much, or maybe she would thank more, because I feel like it was Marianne and I were off finding houses and you were like oh no not another one well there was that part of it yes (laughs) (laughs) you know you should should have said the shoe shopping with your credit card it would have been cheaper for you in the long run 
Yes, it would have been. Dave, well, Dave I'd like to thank can... you for buying those houses because Eric and I didn't have to buy them. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Dave. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll hopefully speak to you again in the future. Okay. All righty. Thanks. Thanks, all. It was fun. All thanks, right, Dave. Take care. All right. Bye then. Hey, it's Jay from the Real Estate Investors Lounge. I want to thank today's sponsor, the Niagara REI. If you're interested in learning more about real estate investing and you like what you've heard today, join us at our next monthly REI meeting and come out to our Taking It to the Streets property tour. You can find out more information, including future meetings, at niagararei.ca.